First things first, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling okay. Okay. I love Amsterdam. I love it. Okay, so good to be back. Great to be back. Okay. We play. We're kind of big here now. Mm. Mm, it's fun. Always, always a good time. Always a good. Thing. <laughs> always a good. Thing. The, the last time we spoke to you, you've um, well, the, you showed a lot of ambition and, and drive, which was three years ago, mm. and then now, obviously, well, you have had a bit of success since then. Mm. So, how do you look back at that, at that first record, and then the period straight after? How do I perceive it? Yeah. I mean, I was, I suppose I was kind of right. Not like I was right, but I was right to believe in, in, in mm. what I believed in. I put a lot into this new record mm. and it's a different record. Sure. Because I think it's more concise and it's more believable. I think it has more of a voice mm. because it happened over a short period of time. The first album was kind of this something that was an amalgamation of years and stuff that I'd written when I was young, like 18, 19, mm -hmm. Robbers, like I wrote when I was 19. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I, don't, um, I don't see it as like a juvenile record, mm. but I see it as a naive record. And that naivety has been replaced with a kind of sense of knowing on this record, like knowing who I am. It's, well, yeah, is that naivety in, in terms of uh, musical experience? Or no, 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 no. I, think I, I, I'm, I think I'm talking, when I say that, I think lyric, sentimentally right. and lyrically. Hmm. When will I resolve? Talking about all these negative things of my behavior, but hmm. when will I change them? Will I this? Oh, can I be... Whereas the new record is, you know, it's more about self-acceptance hmm. and cultivating that and being comfortable. Was there a turning point then? There was a turning point, but it was quite a big period okay. of time. Like, we, we write music, that's sure. what we do, for fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if we have a night off or, when we have spare time, that's what we do. So we've always done that. So we were, we were writing a new record whilst we were on tour. Mm -hmm. But when we came off tour, we entered the period of making the new record. So the reality of that period of time presented itself and it was a bit like, wow, this, we've got to do a lot. So there was a turning point from being like fearful about it mm. to then just being really, I don't know, stoic in our beliefs. This f fearful period, if we could call it that, mm. was it... Um was it to do because the first album did very well, uh, well number one in the, in the UK? Was it to do with pressure and, and well, it was to do with that it was different. Mm. Like the first album just happened. Mm -hmm. We made the first album behind closed doors. Nobody knew who we were. I'd never done it before. I didn't have all these things. They're not real until other people know them. You sure. know. Like if a tree falls, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Can it's you like, hear it? Yeah, exactly. So all these things, they, they wouldn't be a style until people heard it. And then as soon as people heard it, I had a vocal style, I had a thing. And then I realized that on, when you approach a second album, you're like, well, we've got an identity now. Mm. And that conflicts or appears to conflict the purity of making music and why we did it. But we got scared and we got this and oh, kind of having George fucking went crazy, like crazy, couldn't deal with. We, we just, we had a really hard time creatively because we'd never, 
we'd never had a, you know, we know it's we'd never had a period in our life where it was like, okay, be creative now, do it sure. good, be good at it. It's a hard thing to do. But then, when we started getting like really, I don't know, like we we were getting really like vitriolic. We were like, fuck mm. it, come on, we're gonna do whatever. Kind of became this like huge creative bender, and we forgot about everything else. Okay. We totally forgot about everything, and we just made a record. Do you remember what song kind of started that that uh, off that the period? Um, what had to happen was George had to get his confidence back as a okay. producer. That was the main thing that was holding us back because he'd lost all of his confidence. Hmm. And then we got "Love Me." right okay. in the demo and he realized that he knew what he was doing again and then it became titivation that's that's a quite a, a wordy word but i it, but i mean it was a, a playful mm. work so it was it was fun right after that well what was it like for the for the the other three um aside from from george in that period where he kind of lost it his confidence hard. It was hard because without George, without one of us, we're nothing. Sure. Like it, it's like a, it's it really is a sum of all of its parts. The mm -hmm. 1975, it doesn't work without one of them. So, well, I mean, it, it, I suppose it can do in certain contexts, but when it comes to like writing music and mm -hmm. making a record, it's all it starts with George. Like that's the start. Mm -hmm. Starts with one of George's. It starts with me saying we should do a song like this having a song we love, George making his version of it, then me grabbing it and then we just work on it. And then, you know, the, and the other guys that need to be there to have their feel into the record. And so it was hard. Okay. And, and you say Love Me was then one of the early ones of the, uh, yeah, of the process? Yeah, yeah. Because Love Me came from, li from live, like we don't write songs live. Okay. We don't write songs together in a room playing. but. We had to sound check every day for two years, so mm. we would get bored of playing our own songs. Sure. And then that "Love Me" riff just was something we were jamming, and then it became it became a one of the first songs for the new record. The first song we wrote for the new record was "This Must Be My Dream." Okay. And then, well, with this uh, "This Must Be My Dream" and um, "Love Me," then do they kind of function as catalysts for for what comes after? I, I suppose they do. Um. Well. I don't know because we we don't have a sound. Mm. So the way that we make music is that we fall in love with a piece of music, and then we we're directly inspired by it, and it takes us to wherever we go. We are. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have to. We like that, but we'll put it in the, our genre. Sure. We just. So it doesn't really. There's a lot of gospel on the record. I suppose there's, there's tendencies, hmm. particular kind of guitar riffs, gospel, or the, the, there's little things on that album that are, that are tendencies and consistencies. But um, I don't know, it's difficult to say, it's difficult to say whether they catalyze things. And, and in terms of lyrics then, you mentioned the music, Do the, does the music then drive what comes out lyrically? Yeah, or? yeah, oh yeah, totally. That's what happens. Okay. Music, then scatting. Mm. So, but like chocolate was, bing bang, 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 bang. Mm. 
and then I've feared, it's funny because I, you know, I can't say, oh, I'm prided on my lyrics, but that, that is one of the things that people like about my band, mm -hmm. but they come through phonetics. Okay. So that, that I, ha I know the rhythm, and then I write the lyrics to match the rhythm. That's why a lot of them are so simple as well, because okay. easier to have a simple sentiment if you set up a melodic structure for it. And it's not then that you beforehand have, have an idea of, Sometimes I want to talk about this or... Sometimes okay. I do. Well, I, I know that there's things that I need to talk about, mm -hmm. but I can facilitate that into a sure. melody. Sure. Like a song, I'll hear the piece of music and, I'll, and, I'll, and it'll make me think of something and I'll immediately be like, okay, this song is going to be about this. Mm -hmm. Then I write the melody and it'll just be, when I'm singing along to it, it'll be nonsense words. And then I'll, one of the words will be good. Mm -hmm and then I'll work on it from there. Well, you mentioned uh, as the first song, This Must Be My Dream, and I wrote one piece of lyric down from that track, is I personified the lack of freedom in your life. Yeah. Where did this line come from? Because that line was... I, I personify the lack of freedom in your life, and I'm sure I should. It used to be... Um, It, it was loads. I don't know. That okay. was the last one that I came up with. There okay. was like four different alternatives. The, what does that lyric mean? Well, it means that... It's a song about being, being away on tour, mm. obviously. And it, about this must be my dream. Uh, why, I was wide awake before I found you. This must be my dream. I can't wait for you, boy. You know, so it's all about that kind of thing. And it's about if personifying the fact that even though I'm not there, you don't have the freedom to go and be your, do your thing because mm -hmm. I'm holding you back, even though I'm not there. And in the, well, you say sometimes you have, a, have, a, have an idea of what you want to talk about in song, you have certain, certain themes. What was one thing that you, you, that you had to have on the album that you wanted to talk about? Um, if I believe you, okay. that was, the, the, you know, I think naturally, there's somebody walking by in a ghost in high heels. I feel naturally I'm disposed to, for me, I think I, I just naturally write about the fundamentals of things, fear, sex, mm -hmm. love, God. And all you know, addiction, all of the things that everybody deals with on a base level, mm -hmm. and then I talk about them in a conversational way. I think the biggest struggles that I've had in my life are, you know, kind of well, there would be, you know, addiction, mental health, and religion. Mm -hmm. Those were the three that I knew I was going to talk about, okay. and everything else just happens. A lot of them are based on influence, like she's American, happened. Sure. Because I went to America and I was in a young British boy in an, in an English band. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But if I believe you comes from when I was six years old. Okay. You know. And then, well, you mentioned in in that track the, the atheism, and then so does that help writing a song about it? Does that help kind of uh, help you understand so something like religion? And well, I mean, I, I try to. That's what it is for me now. Writing music is my catharsis. Mm almost quite dangerous sometimes because as soon as something em particularly emotionally engaging whether it be a death or a this or a that or 
because now this is what I do and I have a license to do it, mm-hmm. it's, it's an apparatus to, to immediately just give it context. Something bad happens, I turn it into art, there's the context, there's the catharsis. Now whether that's healthy or not is a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, maybe in five years time I'll realise that I haven't actually dealt with anything. But that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So I try and make sense of things and then share it with people and see if they understand me. And they seem to. Because is, is that part of what you like to do with your art, to make people think about these kind of things? Well, I think that if you shine a light on yourself, you shine a light on other people. Mm. I think that that's why I'm, I'm comfortable with now, with, I'm slightly comfortable with talking about the, um, the things about me that make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because that, from what I've learned from a lot of the young people that I meet, is that's quite empowering. If you talk about things that even that aren't good, that aren't good, like I talk about parts of my personality that don't paint me out to be a great person. Mm. But, but, but in doing that, it gives pe- people permission to accept that part of themselves as well. You right. know, like we're all humans. You know, we're all people, we all fuck up. And I talk about fucking up loads. Is there one reaction you had to, to these kind of uh, things you say that, that stuck with you? What do you mean? Uh, the reactions to well, you talk about very personal things, very uh, things that people might not like to admit about themselves. Uh, have you heard uh, reactions from from fans that that told you that it meant something to them? Or? Yeah, well, every day people tell me stuff. I mean, people, it's hard, man, because I don't, I don't know how dramatic people are, and I don't know how serious people are. Every day people say stuff like "you saved my life" or like okay. "I tried to, I was gonna kill myself" or shit like that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's quite heavy. Okay. People, people have hard lives, mm. and I'm um, faced with that quite a lot. So I feel a responsibility to be honest and to make people, underst- at least the people that l- l- want to listen to me, make them understand that it's okay to be how they are. In that respect, would you censor yourself? No. Well. Of course, to a certain extent, mm. like there's things that I wouldn't talk about because it wouldn't be r- right to talk about. Okay. You know, certain behaviours that maybe I've indulged in, I can't like go and talk about that because I know what my audience is. But then on the other hand, I won't. I'll never patronise my audience. Okay. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I can talk about drugs. I can talk mm. about sex. Mm. Ki- you know, even if there is young people, young people aren't stupid. Sure. There's loads of loads of young girls that love our band, and I always say, you know, there's so many. Ex- I mean, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein when she was 17. Mm. That that girl that just won the Nobel Prize, she was 17 or whatever. Like it's it's um, yeah. Do you feel responsible then, in in a way, uh, for for Artistic, your artistically? I do. Okay. I can't feel personally responsible sure. because that would be ridiculous. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be expected of me as well. No, no, no. I couldn't. I mean, there's the funny thing is, is that like every tour that I do, and I always tell this, say this, is that every tour I do, I ended up buying a suitcase for the fan mail. Okay. You know, for when you go outside and meet the kids, everyone's got a letter or everyone's got something, and and it's always very emotionally invested stuff. And then I have a bag of emotions. I literally have other people's emotional baggage along with my own metaphorical emotional baggage. 
and then it's interesting. So when you feel that much emotional investment, the first thing I think is, well, I need to give that back artistically. And then another thing that you mentioned, that, uh, one of the things you said you'd like to talk about was mental health. Mm. And um, well, obviously you're, you're quite confident. And uh, like I said in, in the previous interview with us, you kind of predicted where you would be now. Mm. But then there's also a side of you I read where, where you can struggle with depression. So how, how do those, those two things balance themselves? The, the, the confidence on the one hand, but then the... Well, part of it's an act. Okay. Part of it's a self-defense mechanism. Hmm. If you go out on stage and... You, you the thing is now is that I have an environment where I can do that. Hmm. I get nervous on... I get nervous on the TV. Okay. I get very neurotic and very self-aware when I do the TV. I get very, very nervous when we play places like festivals that we've never played. Mm. I get very nervous when it's not my crowd. But the thing is, with our shows, they sell out like that and they've always sold out like that. And what that means is that it's hardcore fans that they show those shows. When I go out on stage at those shows, I don't, it's, I don't have anything to worry about. Hmm. Everybody has already given me the benefit of the doubt because to know me, to, to love my band, you have to get me. Sure. And if you're in a room full of people who get you, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's what I do. Okay. I get nervous when I'm not with my people, hmm. you know? But when I'm with them, I'm fine. Yeah. Finally then, uh, your album came in at number one in America, mm -hmm. in, in the UK. Uh, like I said, you had great success. Mm. What are you looking forward to now? Is, is there still certain things that, that you like to, to yeah, achieve? Yeah, there's loads of things. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, at the moment, like, it feels like I'm approaching the peak of my kind of creative cre uh, career. Like, the next four or five years, I think, are going to be something that I really, really embrace. I'm going to make another 1975 record. We're going to make a couple of other people's records. Okay. We're going to tour this record. And you know what? If I can keep making records that I'm as proud of as this record, then that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for Thank your you. time. Cheers. Thanks.